Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast. And today's topic is how to deal with difficult people. My name is Rebecca Allen from Illuminate Personal Growth and I am absolutely delighted to be here. So today um, I thought it'd be interesting to open up this um, podcast with a conversation about a personal experience of mine because I think sometimes it's really useful to bring your own stories to light when you're sort of sharing a concept and look at how I suppose I had my own light bulbs, my own learning, my own huge growth learning curve as I went through this process. And I was unfortunately in this situation for many, many months, if not years, um, with this particular person. And, you know, it was a seriously, truly life-changing experience because of the amount of self-reflection I went through and the amount of just sort of self-awareness I really went through um, as a result of this experience. And I just think, you know, when we share our experiences, we're always richer. So that's why I think it's um, going to be a value today to, to go into this with you. So the person that I was dealing with, I kind of it made me realize that there are two sides to managing difficult people. One is the sort of rational side that you want this to work because you have to see this person. So I think a lot of corporate relationships fall into that bucket where, you know, you have to work with this person, you have to see them every day. It might be a client, it could be a boss, it could be anybody. But you kind of, from a logical perspective, you have to kind of make it work. You have to make make it work somehow or other. And that's probably about sort of limiting the amount of time you spend with that person and and how much interaction you really have with that person. But it kind of needs to work from that rational level. But then you have other relationships that you're sort of more emotionally invested in. And I think in those situations, you're also looking for um, emotional um, closure, if you like, emotional understanding and connection because you are invested in that person and you have a different kind of experience and a different need as a result of trying to um, improve that relationship. The one that I want to share with you today is probably a bit of both, you know, rationally and and kind of practically, I needed to kind of see this person regularly. And so it needed to work from that perspective. And it would impact other people if, you know, if it was difficult between us. Um, as it was for many, 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 many months. But I think also from um, an emotional perspective, I think, you know, it it also needed that too. It needed that sort of um, to work. And I realized it actually was going to have to come from me uh, more than that person um, to actually fix it. So this person that I was dealing with had a whole spate of interesting uh, behaviors, if you like, that made the relationship very difficult for me. This person was at worst manipulative and um, they lied. Sometimes they sort of skewed information and even said things sometimes to throw me off 
my balance and would sort of make lies up about what other people had said. And it was just kind of like this huge web of lies, basically. And also, I think the other thing that started to happen was there was a sort of a manipulation and a spitefulness that would happen, this kind of real kind of cruelty that would happen, you know, a kind of an emotional cruelty um, at times. And after many months of really beating myself up about how to try and fix this, how to make this work and how to you know, make this better for me, because I needed to make it better for me. I was really kind of struggling in that space. I was sitting, I remember I was sitting on my balcony. Then we lived in um, Singapore and we actually overlooked this beautiful marina. And I remember sitting there having a cup of tea and watching these twinkly boats sort of bobbing up and down. And it absolutely struck me. And I remember when it struck me, I actually sort of threw my tea everywhere, um, all over the balcony. I was like, oh my goodness, that's that's it. And this huge light bulb went off in my brain. And I suddenly realized that after all these months and months and months and months of judging this person's behavior, I've been basing these kind of judgments on my own values and not on their values. And that was a huge light bulb. And I realized that, you know, if you're going to judge somebody on your own values, you're basically setting yourself up to fail. You're basically, you know, you're you're sort of saying to yourself, well, I would never behave that way because this is my value set. So you're kind of expecting them always to behave as you would. And that's the big trap that you get stuck into. I realized that those values that I was holding just weren't shared by this other person. And it really made me realize that my expectations were just never ever going to be met and if I stayed in that place I was just forever going to be disappointed and to be honest in that moment that was kind of depressing of course but it was also a huge relief I suddenly sort of realized gosh could waste another year pondering this and trying to fix this person and making this happen but I'm not sure I'm ever going to and I really, I, you know, I really could have walked away a million times from this situation. I could have done. And I, and I had that conversation with myself a number of times. But as I say, with that emotional investment, I just didn't want to. I decided I needed to make it work. It needed to work in a completely different way. Absolutely. But I needed it to work somehow. Um, or at least to try and make sense of it or better sense of it because it was just draining me so much. But then, you know, I realized that there was more to this whole concept of trying to work this out from the other person's perspective because... Up until now, I'd been basically completely what I call associated, you know, associated with my own self, with my own space and what I needed and everything. And I decided when I realized that, you know, that I'd been judging them on my own values and not on their values, I suddenly realized there might be other stuff that, you know, I need to think about from their perspective. So in that chair on my balcony, I sort of decided I was going to become that person and figuratively, obviously, and just kind of think about things from their perspective. So it's quite a common um, tool that we use in coaching, actually, to sort of look at, you know, somebody's perspective from their own perspective and trying to come up with solutions, if you like, through their eyes. And anyway, it was really mind opening again for me. Uh, it was obviously my night of revelations because um, I sat there and I kind of looked, put myself into that person's position and I looked through their eyes and I was like, OK, well, why is this person behaving the way they're behaving? And I went, oh, okay, well, it's because they're feeling this particular way. They feel like this and they feel like that and they're thinking this and they're doing that. And I suddenly really got immersed into who this person was and how they were feeling. And that was another real lightning bolt for me because I realized that the feelings weren't actually the aggressive sort of manipulative, nasty behaviors that I was experiencing. The feelings were quite the opposite. The feelings were you know, much more vulnerable and much more weak and much more scared. 
And I suddenly realized that a lot of the behaviors that I was experiencing from this person were coming from this position of fear and vulnerability. And quite frankly, none of us feel very comfortable sharing our vulnerabilities. But I think often when somebody's super aggressive and unhelpful, it's because they are shielding something that is quite deep and quite scared and vulnerable. So I suddenly realized that having, you know, felt frustrated for so many years and angry for so many years and so disappointed too, I suddenly look at this, looked at this person in a completely different way. And I was looking at them with sort of sadness and, you know, not respect. That was definitely not there, but it was sadness. And it was like, actually, this person needs me. This person probably needs me. Uh, more than I need them. And it was a complete shift of um, awareness, a complete shift of, you know, what needed to happen. And I also realized in that space that with that vulnerability, this person was probably never going to change. I think that was something I realized too. And in some respects, that was a huge relief because um, I think I'd spent so long hoping this person was going to suddenly realize and have this epiphany that they'd been sort of breaking my heart and, you know, making me unhappy and all these sorts of things. But this person never really ever came close to that. And I suddenly realized they never were going to. And although that was a bit disappointing, of course, and a bit sad um, for me, I also realized that it became, it became a relief. It was a relief. I sort of went, oh, I can stop worrying about that now. I can stop thinking about it that way and, and expecting something's going to happen that is never going to happen. So before we kind of go into, I hope that was really exciting and really interesting and a a bit of a, I think it's useful to share stories and to share experiences like that. I hope you found that valuable. I thought what I would do is I would share some personality types, if you like, with you to help you. If you've got a difficult person in your life, I think it's useful to kind of get some conscious awareness about what it is they're doing that makes you feel the way you do, that, that helps you understand why you're triggered the way you are. And I've kind of categorized these people into four sort of key groups. There are so many sort of difficult types in the world, unfortunately, but there are. And it's difficult to categorize them into such a small number, but I'm going to try. I'm going to do it into four groups. The first group is uh, what I would call the aggressives. So aggressives can sort of threaten you. They can uh, blame and, you know, the worst types would blame you publicly and sort of aim to humiliate as well. So that's who I would call aggressors. The second group are um, what I would call sort of impossible or know-it-all types. So people who are extremely superior. So they think they know everything. They're always right. Um, I think most of us have one of those, at least in our lives. Egotists, you know, those kinds of people are in that sort of um, bucket. The third group I would suggest are what I would call the sort of cunning types, So cunning types are people who, you know, do things on purpose to make it difficult for somebody else. So they might be uh, passive aggressives. I'm going to talk about them again in a bit. Um, They might be liars. They might be manipulators. They can be um, rejection seekers, people who are actually hoping you're going to reject them so that they can fall victim or, 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 you know, take the victim space. And then the last group I would describe as the innocent group. So they're sort of unconsciously aware um, that they're doing anything that would be irritating. So these people would be worriers, people who kind of over worry all the time and, you know, it sort of blocks progress because they're constantly thinking of all the reasons why you can't do something. And that would sort of slow things down. That's what makes them difficult to deal with. And also, you know, the nitpicker kind of type, the people who just sort of find fault in things and you can't do this because of that. And, you know, there's constantly a reason why you can't progress. 
So those groups were um, the aggressives, the the know-it-alls or the impossible kind of types. The third group was the cunning group. And then the fourth group was the innocents. So the people who really aren't aware they're, they're kind of causing a problem. And I think the reality is, is once you've kind of identified the kind of person you're dealing with, you can ask yourself, well, what's the cost of me being in this cycle? And there are definite, definite costs. You know, there's a time cost, you know, wasting a lot of time with these people, agonizing over how to deal with them. You're probably, you know, rehearsing meetings you're going to have with them in advance so that, you know, you can try and be as prepared as you can be and try and make it create a sort of win-win outcome so you both win Um, and you're just always agonizing over things and trying to mind read them and trying to work out how to play the game and how to just sort of try and stay one step ahead and I think as long as well with the you know the time issue there's also an emotional cost there's certainly a whole heap of different emotions that you go through when you're at the um, receiving end of a difficult person you know it could be anger or it could be frustration or resentment or hurt or humiliation and rage even or disappointment a whole heap of different emotions and that is so exhausting and I think part of the reason why it's so exhausting is because it's a cycle you're kind of expecting something to change or something different to happen but it never does so you know you interact with that person and the same behaviors happen the same triggers happen the same outcomes therefore happen the same feelings are hurt and it's just like this (laughs) never-ending cycle of woe you know um and how I think about it is it's like going into a boxing ring and you've kind of already done 100 rounds with this person. So you've you know, been fighting already for 300 minutes and you know, you're sort of sitting on the bench waiting to go in again for round 301 and you're expecting a different outcome. And it, the, the reality is it's probably not going to happen. You know, you're just going to get another round of the same old, same old problems and the same old cycles and frustrations and agony because I think a lot of these people don't want to change. They don't want to help you. They don't want to find a solution. They like it the way it is. They like the chaos. They like the, you know, they like having the control of, of being able to change somebody's emotions and see them uh, being manipulated in that way. So, you know, I think if you come to the realization that a lot of difficult people aren't actually looking for solutions and they're highly unlikely to be looking for win-win solutions where you win and they win, it's probably setting yourself up to fail to think that way because I think a lot of difficult people are in it sort of for themselves and not really um, interested in finding a solution or how you feel or you know how you're going to be impacted. So I think a lot of these things that you can do to kind of just protect yourself if you like from these behaviors is to be aware of the kind of motivations of the reason why you know difficult people just continue to act that way. And I think that's the best thing you can do is to prepare yourself in a way that sort of gives you some control over your own boundaries and your own values and, you know, what you think is important. So I think, you know, the obvious thing is literally to just walk away and to know that you're never going to have to deal with that person again. Now, of course, in some situations, that's just not possible. I mean, if this person's in your family, that's not always possible. If it's somebody you work with, then again, it's not always possible. But it's definitely an option. You can just walk away and decide you're not going to deal with that person ever again. If you do want to um, make the choice to, you know, have some sort of connection with that person, whatever it might be, then you can just decide, look, these are my values. This is sort of the boundary that I have around those values. And I'm not prepared for those values to be crossed or compromised by this person. It's just not acceptable. And you can have that conversation with them. 
And I would suggest if you do that to do it in a private setting, because um, I think when you sort of bring these things up in front of a group of people in a public setting, then it often kind of adds fuel to the fire. The, the, the kind of difficult person will become even more difficult um, because they want to be seen to be even more correct or more right or, you know, the ego will just kind of completely take over and it will probably not work in your favor. So I think it's always best to have these sort of conversations privately. And you, you could talk specifically about behaviors when you do have that conversation. You can talk specifically about the behavior that is causing you the anxiety. Um, and you, they might not care, of course. I mean, an innocent type would probably be more concerned about that um, if they weren't aware that they were really bothering you and, and upsetting you and causing you all this frustration. Um, if you talk about the behavior that they are exhibiting that is driving you nuts, they're more likely to want to do something about it and to create a kind of a positive outcome for both of you whereas the other three types the aggressors and the cunnings and the um uh, the know-it-alls less likely so but you know you can still try and if you and if you're going to have that conversation I would talk specifically about their behavior what behavior sort of needs to change what behavior is not appropriate um, if you make it about them and you say you're aggressive or you're driving me crazy or um, I can't bear you then these are unfixable statements that you're 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 giving whereas if you say you know when you do this then it's you know it blocks progress that's a bit more sort of tangible they can actually realize that there's something that they could actually change if they so want to I wouldn't say when you do this it makes me feel something because I don't think actually asking for empathy works um, a lot of the time with these kinds of people in fact it probably fuels their their fire and makes them even more annoying and more aggressive and more difficult so and then the last thing I was just going to say is, is if you do have to have interactions with these people, then, you know, the key to success, I think, is to keep them short and sharp and sweet and say your piece and literally don't get sort of sucked in to a kind of big discussion or a big debate or, a you know, you said, he said kind of conversation where you're going into another round. Remember, like the boxing round where you're doing another round 116 with this person and getting the same outcome. It's about breaking the cycle. So you've got to find some way to break that cycle with the person. Um, and there are lots of different ways in which you can do it. And hopefully some of the ideas that I've shared on today's podcast give you some inkling of how you can sort of go out there and do your own thing. So thanks so much for joining me today. It's been such an interesting uh, conversation and interesting discussion around, you know, my own personal relationship experience, but also to just explore those different kind of difficult people types. And we all have difficult people in our lives. It's one of those things you have to kind of have some strategies up your sleeve to help you deal with. So listen, if you want to um, have some help, if you want to get some support in your career, if you are looking to step up, maybe you do have some difficult people around you. Maybe you do want to actually build your alliances. Maybe you do actually want some help with that. Then I would love to help you. You can get into my diary for a 15 minute strategy call. That link is actually in the show notes so that you can just get straight into my diary. We can talk about what the challenge actually is and I can give you some action steps to move forwards. It is that straightforward. Um, and if um, you also want to just kind of connect with me, you can download the Perfect Pay Rise script. It's an awesome tool. All you have to do to get that is go to rebeccasfreegift.com. You'll get the Perfect Pay Rise script, which is, like I say, an awesome resource to help you negotiate your next salary with ease. But you'll also start connecting with me and get all sorts of resources from me as a result. So if that appeals, just go to rebeccasfreegift.com and you'll get all of that fantastic content. Thanks so much for joining me. Don't put up with difficult people. There is no time and space for it in life. 
For us to move forwards, we need to challenge our own situations and move forwards. So let's put ourselves first. Let's say that we deserve this. Let's say that enough is enough and actually take action for our own lives and careers. That's awesome. And I'll see you next week. 